Good evening, everyone. Last week, we discussed the state of public health knowledge in prehistoric times, and then through some of the modest advances made by the ancient Greeks and Romans, who figured out some basic links between the environment and disease, as well as pioneering water supplies and public medical systems. Unfortunately, these were not to last, due particularly to the fall of the Roman Empire as a whole. As the empire declined in wealth and power, the public health organization and aqueducts, we talked about last week, fell into disrepair, with inadequate resources for proper maintenance. In the year 537, the 11 main aqueducts of Rome were broken during a siege, and were not repaired at all for over 200 years, and even then only partially. What follows the decline of the Western Roman rule is known as the Middle Ages, and covers a time span of about a thousand years from 580 to 1500 AD. Just because we label this time period as medieval, though, does not mean it was all that homogenous. A lot changes in a thousand years, who would have thought, and of course not all places fared the same. But today we'll talk about some setbacks and advances in public health that occurred in the medieval period. Let's start back with the Romans. If you'll recall from history class, the Romans did not just disappear, even though the city of Rome itself fell into comparative ruin. The emperors instead operated out of Constantinople in the east, but they carried on the tradition and culture of Rome, including medical practices. The Greco-Roman knowledge was then transferred from them to the Arabs in the east, and eventually would make its way back west as well. The Arabs were often geopolitical rivals of the Romans, so it may seem a little strange that information was passed along, given the cultural and linguistic barriers. This ended up happening because minority sect Christians were persecuted by the Romans, and ended up fleeing and living in Arab territories, bringing translations of Greek medical texts with them. By the 10th century, much of the medical knowledge had made its way into Arab hands, who would contribute plenty to public health in their own right. Remember, folks, don't persecute people for their religion. It's a bad thing to do, but also you might just empower your enemies with ancient medical knowledge. Over in Western Europe during this earlier medieval period, health problems were mostly considered supernatural phenomena, whether by gods or by magic, depending on your religious beliefs. If you were pagan, rituals were used for individual and community health issues. If you were a Christian, disease was instead understood as punishment for sin, or perhaps the result of possession or witchcraft. This is not to say that all medical knowledge was lost. Much information was still preserved by monasteries. Monasteries continued to maintain good hygiene practices, like piped water supplies, bathrooms, and proper ventilation, although unfortunately these were not commonplace elsewhere early on. Many medieval cities were incredibly unhygienic. The main problem was the constant threat of invasion. At the time, many cities operated more or less on their own, and security was a constant concern. For this reason, medieval cities tended to have large circular fortifications, which provided protection, but in exchange made conditions inside the walls very cramped as populations increased. Anything outside the walls was not easily protected, and building new walls is, well, a lot of work. Not only that, but cities of the medieval era were not like our cities today. Despite being population centers, many citizens still maintained fairly rural lifestyles, farming and keeping animals. Animals in particular, especially the bigger ones, tend to generate a lot of waste, so you can imagine that the hygiene problems would ensue there. Streets were also usually unpaved and undrained, and so any filth and litter would just sit there, which is great. Slowly though, practices that were once lost began to rise again. The most urgent need was to supply water. At first, cisterns, natural springs, and dug wells were probably the main sources of fresh water. 
but these are relatively small and would be exhausted easily by larger cities. In the east, where again, Roman traditions had continued, we see an earlier appearance of piped water supplies. The city of Cairo in Egypt, for example, was constructed with a piped water supply. But in the west, as we mentioned earlier, the monasteries still had many public health practices in place, and they slowly spread the practice of using piped water supplies. However, getting clean water to people involves not just transporting the water, but also keeping it clean. As it turns out, littering has been a problem since forever, and in many places, specific laws were enacted to prevent pollution. For example, putting dead animals, garbage, or any kind of industrial waste was often prohibited at rivers used for drinking water. Over time, government administrations to maintain water supplies began to appear again, which makes sense, since a polluted water supply would immediately cause huge problems. Another major problem that we've already alluded to a bit was street cleaning and garbage disposal. Like mentioned before, medieval city life was a bit more rural than our modern urban life, and so a lot of waste of many sorts was generated. Many people kept animals, and especially hogs, geese, and ducks, which, as you can imagine, produce a lot of excrement that would pose both an aesthetic and health hazard. In some cities, it got so bad that there were even laws specifically banning the construction of pig pens facing the street. And seriously, it got pretty bad. There are records of priests being unable to attend services, or government officials having trouble getting to meetings because of how disgusting the roads were. I'm glad these days we mostly just complain about potholes in the streets instead of giant piles of dung. Solutions were on the way, though. One thing that helped was paved streets, which spread a lot in the 1100s onward. Not something we'd really think about, but paving the streets allow for much easier cleaning, since the roads aren't just dirt, which both absorbs filth and can be easily kicked up. The roads being made of dirt must have made the filth even more intolerable, which is just great. Some cities also began building drains again, which also provided a place to at least put all the waste far away. In Milan, for example, it was legally required that sewers were built deep enough in the ground that the scent was not detectable, which sounds like a great idea to me. I'd like my roads not to literally smell like crap. Thank you very much. Another area of interest to us was the rise of government regulations on food and marketplaces. Many medieval cities had a marketplace, which had many people and also many goods for sale. Based on observations, it was widely believed at the time that disease could easily arise wherever food, and especially spoiled food, was sold. They were not wrong, to be fair, although medieval people didn't really understand why yet. As a result, though, hygiene standards for marketplaces and food were heavily regulated in many cities. Florence, for example, required the cleaning of bones and garbage every night. Every Thursday and after religious holidays, every single bench, table, and booth in the marketplace had to be removed to allow for a thorough cleaning of the square. And littering within a thousand paces of the marketplace was illegal and carried heavy penalties. It was not just the marketplace itself that was regulated, but even specific food. Augsburg, in 1276, ordered that any meat deemed, quote, objectionable, uh, whatever that means, had to be sold explicitly as objectionable meat, at a specific stall. I guess someone must have still had use for bad meat, but I'm not really sure what that would be. In Zurich, fishmongers were required to dispose of any dead fish that were not sold by the end of the day. I'm impressed by these early food regulations, but of course it's still the Middle Ages, so there's some nasty stuff here too. Most of these laws only applied to locals, and so if you were from out of town, much more caution was required. For example, in the city Basel, leftover old fish was illegal to sell except to strangers from out of town. 
In some cities, they also sent the meat of sick animals to hospitals for their usage, which is pretty messed up. Overall, though, a lot of losses were had, but also some modest gains as well during this time. This isn't everything, though, in the Middle Ages. Next week, we'll talk about some public health developments during the Middle Ages that were mostly caused by disease epidemics. As always, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, leave us a rating or review on iTunes. You can also reach out to me via the links in the show notes. I'm always happy to hear from listeners. Finally, thanks to Jojo Tang for editing, Angie Lee for our cover art, and Muse Open for this music. <laughs>